Hey gang, I'm Nikhil Croce, and you're listening to Season 3 of Who the Fuck? Practically Unplugged. This season takes on a different format than the previous two, so instead of asking guests to share their stories, this time around, I'm sharing mine. Each episode is a snapshot of my life, recorded over the past several months as I navigated the grief that came with loss, the resentment and shame that came from abuse, and the joy that I feel now knowing I finally prioritized myself. So get ready for a deeply personal and, of course, authentic and unapologetic season. If my story resonates with you, it's amazing to see your feedback, so pop over to your preferred podcast platform and share a review. Or better yet, if you know someone who will benefit from listening, tell them to check out the show wherever they get their podcasts. You can always head over to whothefck.com for more content and merch. So here we go. The thing you should know is that whenever I tell people about my life, when I start explaining the way it all went down, there is always, always a look or a behavior that indicates shock. Not necessarily that this person that I chose to marry wasn't a good person, but that the absolute most surreal thing was actually happening. I mean, I don't really even grasp it. And the words have been coming out of my mouth for years. Excuse after excuse for all of the poor behavior, all of the seemingly inexplicable events that somehow ended up traumatizing me. It all just seems utterly shocking because you don't go through life thinking that you're going to marry someone who is going to gaslight you for over a decade, psychologically abuse you to the degree that it, you're practically in a mini cult, and then cap it off with becoming so physical, so far beyond what you ever could have expected. Nobody thinks this is going to happen. And it really, really forces me to look at what I had in that relationship and ask myself, how did I think this was love? And I can tell you, after a lot of questioning, I have somewhat of an answer. First of all, it's not love. Love does not hurt like this. Or doesn't hurt like that did. Because I've moved beyond the hurt phase. It's uncomfortable. It's rage-inducing sometimes. Less and less, honestly, the more time that goes on. But the thing that I just completely overlooked the entire relationship was that I wasn't getting what I needed. The only thing that I had ever asked for from anyone, the only thing I ever wanted from anyone 
was for them to feel the way about me that I did about them. I never once thought to ask myself what those things were and to really press on that to get what I deserve in a relationship. Instead, I I bowed to the needs of everyone else. And I regret that because it shrunk me so fucking much. And for so long that I didn't even realize I was gone. Even after being in therapy for three years, having my counselor tell me that there's no space for me in this relationship, that I am constantly in crisis mode, that my body is so on edge because the anxiety is constant. And I still kept thinking that something could get better. And that's the, that's the magic of a narcissist. Someone who can convince you that you are the one that needs to change. That you are the one that needs to adapt. And more often than not, these same people will project onto you the exact same things that they're doing that you are not. And they will victimize themselves to gain the support of the people that they want in their corner. And they will stop at nothing to seemingly be the good guy while fucking you over to the nth degree. It's sociopathic. And I have a really hard time with this because I can't ever imagine going through the process of maintaining a relationship just to be a leech, just to be someone who only gets what they want, maybe gives the bare minimum, just just enough to keep you there, to keep you feeling like you want them there still, but by no means, no means nearly enough to make you feel safe. And I'm saying all of this because I know that plenty of people out there know this feeling. And plenty of people out there are denying the truth that they feel within themselves. The amount of chaos that ensued in my life as a result of the erratic and reckless behavior of my ex is unparalleled to probably most people in my life. And to be in a position where you realize the person you have spent the last 12 years with is really not the person you wanted them to be, the person you believed them to be, it is jarring. It is disorienting. 
it's also really fucking important to acknowledge. Because I justified so much shit that I didn't believe in my body. Things that I could feel in my gut were wrong and they didn't make sense. And I could hear the words coming out of my mouth telling people about these insane scenarios. You know, this this idea that I, I walked up to an alley and saw it, it really looking like I had found my wife after such a violent sexual assault that she could have been raped. I don't know if it's true. But it haunted me, and I did a shit ton of therapy to try to work through it because I believed it to be real. Because the alternative that somebody would construct that is somehow comparably unsettling. And then having to look for my ex-spouse in the dark around a lake because her phone was missing when she was supposed to be at work, having my friends come help me, calling her parents, telling them your daughter's missing and I'm the only one who's panicked so, so much that even talking about it right now, I feel so much energy clenched around my chest, building the anxiety. It's like these, these life experiences, this trauma is so profound and so deep within me that it has taken years to be able to fully acknowledge the extent of what happened. And I'm still just scratching the surface. My entire life was uprooted because of the lack of self-care and the flat-out decision to ignore the mental health issues that were happening, ignoring the substance abuse issues. And so I ignored too. Because every time I brought it up, it was turned around on me. Clearly, I was part of the problem. And you know what? Until recently, I probably would have said I wasn't. I probably would have gotten defensive and I probably would have said, that's not fair. These were all choices she made. But there were choices I made. I chose to blindly trust to provide funds that I believed were going towards medical bills, loan payments, things like that. And I was too insecure with myself and I had too much anxiety about finances to really push harder than I did because every time I tried, it got so uncomfortable. And now I'm going through an unnecessarily expensive divorce, trying to salvage the money that I've made for myself that was supposed to go towards starting my own business this year. It's such a classic narcissist move to make a divorce where they can get half by default, even more about them than it needs to be. And you're going to hear me say this a lot of times, 
But to do this at all is so royally fucked. To do this in the immediate aftermath, in the wake of losing my mom so unexpectedly, it's abhorrent. It is so disgustingly unforgivable. And the thing I keep telling myself in all of this is I have to find peace, right? I have to remove the frustration and the stress from my body because I know what it means when you hold on to it. You go right down the fucking rabbit hole. And this is what happens to most people. Severe trauma hits. Life is too much. We curl up in fetal position. And we just let life happen. We figure we've taken it on the chin so many times. Why bother anymore, right? Why spend my time awake fighting this when I can't win? But I'll tell you something. The winning and losing part of it is just the human experience. The thing that I am learning that is truly becoming so significant to me is that there is such a better choice than completely falling apart. Because believe me, If I had it my way at the very beginning, losing my mom and then being violently attacked by my ex, I would have crumbled into a thousand pieces. And I'm saying this because the thing that saved me is the thing that always saves me. And it's the thing that saves all of us. And that is each other. We are so much more than even the worst moments of our lives. And the moment we start defining ourselves by those moments, it's giving up on ourselves completely. Those moments are inputs into who we are, sure. They have to be. How could they not? But To get through the pain, the agony, the disbelief, it requires a lot of patience with yourself, with the people around you. It requires a lot of willingness to go to a place in your heart that you never want to go. That's why we all avoid it, right? We don't want to have to actually deal with the things that bother us. But what I've learned is there are two types of people in the world. The people who see life as a series of endless possibilities. And the people who see the life they're living now as the only life they'll ever have. And I can't be that second person. I know it 
can feel safe or comfortable because it's familiar, but familiar doesn't always mean safe and comfortable. Sometimes familiar means toxic. Sometimes familiar means out of date. So this may have been a bit more meandering than I expected it to be. So thank you for following along, if you could. I want anyone listening to know this. You are never alone in this. There are so many people who are fighting the good fight to keep themselves just going, just waking up in the morning. And every morning that you get to wake up, even on your worst day, you have the choice, as hard as it may be some days, the things that stand in our way. We can keep pushing ourselves to live the best life that we absolutely can and want to live. And I know that there are plenty of things that are circumstantial. And I record things like this and I think to myself, well, what people might think, what if I don't have the opportunity? Or what about, you know, just any myriad of reasons why it might just sound like bullshit. But what I will say in having done this podcast is that your stories matter. And they don't just matter to you. They matter to me. Because everyone has one. And we all deserve the space. In our relationships with ourselves. And our relationships with anybody else. To be true to that story. Even the unsavory parts. Even the parts we wish didn't exist. And we owe it to ourselves to try to have better if we aren't happy with where we're at. And it's not going to be easy because fuck all if it ever is. But I look at the amount of pain and strain that has gone on in my life for the past few years and I know for a fact the thing that saved me is all of you. It's the people in my life who showed up when I needed them. The new people that I met, that I was able to interview, that I was able to learn from, that I was able to cultivate real meaningful relationships with. People whose energies align with mine. We don't have to live in this world the way we've been living in it. We can all do better for ourselves and we all deserve to do better for ourselves. It is never too late to decide you want to live a different life than the one that you're living. The circumstances might not always be easy to remove yourself from a situation or to change your life on a dime, but your happiness matters. Feeling like you have purpose matters. 
sharing your life with other people, whether those are friends or family or your significant others, those relationships, that connection matters. This life is so fleeting and so busy with worry. And we have to change that. We cannot continue to exist in the pain of yesterday when we have no idea how many tomorrows we have. Well, gang, that's all for this episode of Who the Fuck? Practically Unplugged. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, share with your friends, coworkers, relatives, or anyone you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit whothefck.com to check out more content. And don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at whothefck underscore Nikki to keep up to date with what's new in my world. Catch you on the flip side. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.